God save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. Lots of jolly news this week. There's a royal baby on the way. People have started having vaccines and Camilla's dog did a tremendous job at an engagement. I am your host, Anne Gripper. I am delighted to be joined by my good friend, Daily Mirror Royal Editor, Russell Myers. Russell, nice to see you again. Hello. I was just about to say um, sentences you never thought you'd be saying on a podcast or otherwise. Camilla's dog did a fantastic job on the engagement. I mean, that's, that's the sort of level we're starting at. It's brilliant. Oh come on! You've got to love. You've got to love a little. Oh, I know. I love the story. I love the dog story. I, I, I'm a big, big fan. Sausage, sausage in jaws, taking off the plaque uh, to reveal it. I mean, it's it's just it's brilliant. It's what we it's what we need in these in these austere times. Absolutely, and Camilla actually had a had a really good time doing it as well. So that was lovely, and congratulations to Zara and Mike Tyndall who are expecting baby number three. He let's slip about having a little little scam. Oh, Did it's lovely news. Yeah, it is lovely news. I mean, they've they've had their heartbreak in the past, haven't they? And she's spoken about, you know, the, how they've just suffered with a couple of miscarriages in the past. And this is beautiful baby joy. So, you know, 2021 is looking up already. So, yes, wishing them a healthy and happy pregnancy and safe arrival as and when the day comes. So two royal babies on the way. Two royal babies. Lots yeah. to look forward to in 2021 already. So hopefully... Hopefully, a bit I more. Mean, we're being positive. We are. This is good. This is it's, great. It's a Thursday. Why not be positive? And you've been allowed out, Russell. I have. They even let you over the border. <laughs> so you know the big, the big thing, other than Camilla's dog and the royal baby that's been going on, is there's been a mini royal tour, which Russell knew about last week, but he couldn't let us talk about because it was all top secret stuff. Sworn to secrecy. Big spy that he is. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the royal train. Yes. Kate, thousand, yes. 1,250 miles all over the country. I know. Very exciting. Um, so, yeah, we could, I couldn't speak about it. I was desperate to speak about it last week. But, yeah, so this sort of royal train tour, the hashtag got off to a flying start. Um, and so did they. They sort of went up uh, overnight on the Sunday night. They left uh, Euston Station in central London. They were... Um, High-quality busker to see them off. Serenaded, no less, by Shaking Stevens. And I suppose, do most people know who Shaking Stevens are? Maybe our global listeners don't. But So Shaking Stevens was um, the biggest-selling UK artist, rock and roll artist, of the of the 1980s he sang he has a very popular song in 1985 which was number one and sort of continues you're gonna sing it for us russell i'm not no no merry christmas everyone that's beautiful number one for russell yeah um so he did his his pop uh pop classic merry christmas everyone on the on the uh what do you call it? On the foyer. Concourse. Of the concourse, that's it, of the concourse of the station. I mean, and if, if you have seen um, a couple of videos at Knocking About, I think you'll see Kate and William doing a little jig. They didn't get too excited, but they were definitely swaying their hips at one stage. Um, they were there essentially to sort of say um, thank you. Thank you to the amazing transport workers who have, you know, been really battling against the odds, not only in the UK, all throughout the world, I'm sure, um, throughout the pandemic. And they've sort of kept our cities moving, even though when we've been indoors, there's other people obviously who have had to go to work and have been key workers and essential to keeping our countries running. So that was the, to kick it off, they left the station and traveled up to 
a secret location, which we now know was Edinburgh, but this was what was quite exciting about it. Because normally in a tour, you will know, or certainly royal fans, readers will end, will end up being told where the next stage is and what's expected day by day. Whereas this, because of the security implications due to COVID, definitely they, they didn't want big crowds gathering. And that's, you know, exactly what does happen when they turn up, when any of the royals turn up. And, um, and so it was all sworn to secrecy until they have arrived at each location. So they arrived in the morning, overnighting on the tra- on the train. Um, and obviously, if you haven't seen the pictures of the Royal Train, I implore anyone to go and check it out. They're definitely on the Daily Mirror's Royal page. Um, we sort of dissected some the of Twitter them. And the Instagram do, as well. Do, 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 do it on the gram. And I mean, it's quite interesting because you would expect it to be all sort of luxurious, like a, like a Saudi prince's plane or something. The Royal, the Queen's Royal Train should be draped in gold and jewels. Well, it's definitely not like that. It's sort of, sort of a relic of the 1970s. There's his and hers beds, no showers, just a bath. Um, it all looks a bit like it's stuck in a time warp, but the reason for that is because it's the Queen's favorite way to travel. And, um, and she doesn't want sort of the fuss of, of, of redoing it to all the mod cons and she likes it how it is. So. It's a, it's a fascinating, I mean, controversially, big... controversially, it does cost a lot of money. We have spoken about this before, haven't we, about just to get it off the tracks costs probably about 20 grand a time. So I imagine this trip will probably come in at about, you know, between 50 and 60,000. However, I mean, they did a lot of miles. They can't be in the back of the car because, you know, you know, you might get caught short and you have to stop for a wee on the M6. Um, mini train bubble so uh, I'm a big fan of overnight trains so have you been on an overnight train the sleeper trains I have in Europe yeah I have I'm probably when I was sort of travelling around a little bit but not not in the UK so the sleeper train to Scotland the Caledonian sleeper and then um, the night train to Cornwall where my family is from I've taken quite a few times that's the night review Cornish review and what do you get you get a little bunk it's a little bunk so you can I think you can say if you're willing to share with someone or not although right. they, they do that they certainly used to be able to they don't do that so much anymore um, it's less good if the train breaks down at Plymouth at like one in the morning <laughs> <laughs> that's less appealing but it's, it's it's something quite exciting about going to sleep on a train and then waking up somewhere else and then yeah, when I was yeah, definitely. in my younger days when I spent a year I spent a year working in Moscow teaching and at the end of it a good friend and I, we took the Trans-Siberian Railway. I've done that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Incredible. So, and there you definitely mix with some interesting people in the carriages and it is definitely a long way from being a Royal Train that is very exciting. But yeah, the, the Royal Train, and it's got a little office and it's, it's sort of like it an does. Air Force One on rails, I think is how I like Yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit less glamorous. It's got a sort of 12, 12 person banqueting table uh, that does sort of look like a, um, like a hotel conference room. Uh, with these sort of wooden tables and chairs. It's definitely got no frills, but it's quite a lot of fanfare when it pulls into the station. Last time I saw it was when um, uh, the Queen and Meghan rolled into Chester and there was lots of people there. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people at the station and at the town hall sort of, um, watching their, you know, the whole engagement. But it's, 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 it's quite, a, quite a cool little scene. Sort of rolls up and the Queen gets out and then jumps into Bentley and... Um, <laughs> Anyway, William and Kate's tour started in Edinburgh. They were then meeting NHS staff, obviously thanking our frontline heroes. That's been a big thing for them this year, as everybody knows. And 
really good for them to 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 do this stuff. The only reason they couldn't go to Northern Ireland was because Northern Ireland essentially well it is in a lockdown at the moment. So the restrictions, even though the restrictions in Scotland are very stringent, they've got five tiers. We've got three. I mean, I don't even know where we are with it at the moment. We're due to be changing next week, aren't we? So it was all planned by the UK government and the devolved parliaments of. Uh, Scotland and Wales. However, there were some dissenting voices in the regions and Nicola Sturgeon, the first minister of Scotland was, um, let's say she, it was a sort of a barbed reference. She was a bit spiky. She didn't want necessarily want to get involved with the sort of flag waving, isn't this all a great idea? Um, and she just said, you know, we told the royal household of our views about the stringent um, restrictions on movement. You can't definitely, you can't even move your borough in certain places in Scotland. Um, I mean, my my personal view, I think she was being a bit of a stick in the mud. It was all pretty socially distanced. There was a few crowd, there was a little bit of a crowd at Edinburgh Station. However, um, I think it was a bit of political point scoring, shall we say. Brexit's coming up, you know, it's, they, she never misses an opportunity to stick the boot in and she definitely did on this occasion. Although, you know, if it's work, work from home from you, if you can, is the kind of but it's a, it is it is work it is work and you know it might not be deemed as essential work to some people it may be in royal land this is essential business this is you know if, if the royal family aren't getting out and flag waving and raising the you know profile of causes what are they doing so it is essential work i would argue in their uh, point i definitely i do see the um the debate to be had however i definitely didn't agree with her her notion in this sense i think it's all fine provided it all goes okay but if you think back to those videos of william in ireland <sighs> when the, the jokes about you know super spreaders and all of that like you know they they did see a lot of people at a distance and masked and you know there's a lot yeah. of people in a short space of time across different parts of the country and provided everything's fine then great hurrah but if in a week's time it's like William and Kate are self-isolating. <laughs> the, the super, it would or they've not been be good. responsible for a super-spreading tsunami of COVID around their countries. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see. Let's think, keep our fingers and toes crossed that that won't happen. Um, just after Edinburgh, they went to uh, Berwick to a school, um, and they were meeting some school kids. They delivered, through, well, not hand-delivered, but they, they had arranged for three reindeers to join them. I think they're called Chaz Crackers and Eccles, as you would. And uh, there was like 170 odd kids in the school. Again, I mean, how do you social distance the, the children with them? It was, all, it was all pretty well organized, to be honest. Well, schools are doing that every day. They've all got their yeah, different, every school is set up differently i think in how they're how they're doing it like playgrounds around where i am you kind of see them sitting in their little pockets of six out crazy circles drawn on the playground and things it's just i mean well done to the teachers who are dealing with all all of this and and making it work that was part of it it was to, to to celebrate all the people that have made a difference so the transport workers the nhs workers the teachers who have you know had battled really against the odds with with um, homeschooling and Zoom classes and everything that they've had to really fight against all throughout the year. Um, then after Berwick, jump back on the train. Ah, so I was pulled up on this. It's it's Batley, isn't it, or is it Batley? Batley. Batley. It's Batley. I said Batley on the telly. Oh, oh, I'm sure we had this debate last week, Russell. You typical, just don't listen to me. Typical southerner. <laughs> 
typical southerner as um i mean it wasn't sort of a tsunami of twitter hatred it was one of my colleagues who actually texted me and said typical <laughs> typical southerner you uh, so i do apologize to the people of batley because it's batley and spen isn't it it's batley and spen. Cox, yeah i do remember joe cox saying it so apologies to the people of batley um but the, the engagement there was really sweet, actually, because uh, Kate got to meet a uh, an 85-year-old chap she's been secretly speaking to, part of the Royal Voluntary Services Christmas Together, or Together at Christmas campaign, um, where, I mean, Camilla was doing something like this <clears throat> during, the, during the year, Royal Voluntary Services, checking in on people, you know, part of it isn't it hopefully we've, we've said that we hope that this carries on checking in your neighbours saying hello Give to your someone a yeah. exactly just checking in your mates how are you feeling um, and then making new friends making new you know acquaintances of people that you would have never have spoken to and this was part of it one of the lovely things to have come out of that story actually which I really really liked was Len Gardner said that uh, he, he questions sort of how he would um, what should I call uh, you? Yeah, what should I call you? Uh, should I call you Catherine? Should I call you Kate? The, you know, speaking to a future queen, he said it was pretty nervous. So that Catherine said, "You can call me Catherine." And then by the end of it, he said he was calling her love. <laughs> so, Generalised term of endearment. So he's yeah. So he's also uh, he's, very useful when you're older if you can't remember just the name of the person love. you're talking to. Like you know, get get confused between the different grandkids. They're all just love, and it's a they're all just love. So that was really nice. Um, then they jumped back on the train. Then they went to Manchester, which was all outside, and that was again to. Uh, they went to a food bank. You know, another major, major issue of this year has been, you know, people struggling to put food, food on the table. They've been to food banks. Kate's been to a baby bank as well, highlighting the the the, the, the issue that some people have to, you know, to, to, to go to baby banks. And a lot of people may have not realised that they operate, and there's quite a few of them in the country. Um, and William made a speech, and, and I think what was quite interesting in his speech, he was saying that you know there is light at the end of the tunnel we are sort of coming out of this however you know we're not out of it yet and that sort of maybe juxtaposed their trip a little bit however um i think we're all a bit like that aren't we we're all going to be still cautious we've all still got to take care of each other and ourselves um and and that was the first day over and then Um there was Visiting a food bank as well, I think it kind of emphasises that even if we get beyond the health situation and if people, you know, are well unable to go out and about and things, there will still be other things to deal with because people's lives have been turned upside down and the economy's turned upside down. And of things, course. Things are different. So, you know, it was it was great to see them there. And I mean, by this time, I think Kate was on to coat three and it was looking entirely, I mean, I love it when she gets her winter coats out. So I think before we before we move on to um, actually probably the best coat of all and your big day out in Cardiff, Russell. Oh yes. Let's, let's just pause a moment and uh, reflect on the glamorous wardrobe that Kate busted out for us this winter as um, lovely Sarah Bradbury joins us to have a look at the coats. Naturally, when there comes a time Kate will be leaving the house. We will have to talk about her fashion and this time around her incredible collection of coats as seen on the Royal Train Tour. In true Kate style, she consistently sticks with what she knows, whether it be sharp tailoring from Alexander McQueen, a sharp, vibrant Catherine Walker coat, or even just one from the high street as she was seen wearing hobs. Um, what I personally love about Kate's style 
is that she isn't afraid to wear something that she has been seen in before and all of those coats she has been seen in especially this year I think her reason for doing so is she never wants to outshine the reason or the cause or message herself and William are trying to get across um, knowing full well we as royal fanatics and especially Kate's fashion um, we're always excited to see what she wears next so by doing so she really isn't taking the opportunity um, to get a you know, the message that her and William want to portray across. Have to do, of course, a special shout out to the gorgeous um, green Catherine Walker coat, which she wore at the end of the tour last night, um, which she originally wore back in March when her and William toured Ireland. Fantastic coat, stunning colour and very festive, I think, perfect for this time of year. Another favourite of mine was, of course, the Alexander McQueen number. Um, Gorgeous, vibrant red, stunning um just perfectly fitted on her and she just looked incredible as always for those of us that want to jump on the midi coat trend it is huge this year um just like most years before it's incredibly popular and after being seen on um kate of course it will become ever more so popular so when it comes to picking one for yourself um it's all about finding that perfect length obviously we aren't all blessed with kate's phenomenal statuesque figure so If you're nipping out to the high street this weekend or shopping online, getting the last of those um, bargain buys, you really want to find one that will come in about halfway on your calf. Um, So you're not chopping the leg off, you're not shortening your height. And, you know, furthermore, you're not going to drown yourself um, when you're wearing it out and about. Um, The last thing you want to look is like you're wearing a dressing gown, unless that is, of course, the look that you're going for. You know, Kate's been seen in rather fitted ones, but there are loads of coats out there if the fitted style isn't for you. ASOS, Marks and Spencers, John Lewis, Super Dry, they all have a mixture of both fitted, very suity styled coats, or you can obviously go for the relaxed fit, more of the boyfriend style. One we've never really seen on Kate, but Megan has occasionally been partial to a more of a boyfriend fit coat, um, like it's fresh out of Prince Harry's wardrobe, which um, I adore. So yes, if you're looking for a midi this weekend, um, definitely check your measurements and just yeah, make sure it comes either just below the knee or halfway on the calf to really make sure that you're not shortening your figure and your height by any more. Which was your favourite coat, Russell? You're getting your missus one for Christmas. No, she's not getting a coat for Christmas. Um, although I have bought her a pair of gloves because it's quite chilly out there, isn't it? She does have a coat. She does have a coat. My favourite coat. Okay, I like the red one. Is that an Alexander McQueen coat? Yeah. Did I remember that correctly? I, I loved looks... the red one because I was in Cardiff. You were in Cardiff. And obviously red is the colour of Wales. And... Le dragon. She looked, she did look magnificent in that outfit. And she just looked really like there's so many sort of happy pictures. There's something about reds that just makes you feel good, I think. That's why so many football teams play in it because it's just like, yes, go it was, for it. It was, they looked great. It was a bit on the chilly side. I must say, my toes were pretty cold uh, standing around in Cardiff. Thermals for um, Russell for Christmas presents, please. please. Yeah, well, I had two, <laughs> pairs of, two pairs of socks on. I needed my thermals as well. Um, but it was, we were in Cardiff Castle in sort of the, the bowels of the castle and it's glorious. I love that part of, the, of Cardiff as well. And it was gloriously sunny, if a little chilly, but um, they were, uh, they, it had been sort of turned into a sort of winter wonderland. There was Alice in Wonderland, 
um, figurines. There was a samba band. There was sort of uh, food stalls to have a hot chocolate. Then they were toasting marshmallows. It had it all actually because a lot of the winter wonderland places aren't opening this year aren't they so at least i've got a bit of christmas cheer in, in involved because um i won't be able to, to to do it elsewhere i suppose it was from cardiff that you managed to confuse me so at work we've got this we've got this whatsapp group where russell will forward you know pictures and videos and things from the royal tour so so that we can get them up quickly on the website anyway so he posted these pictures in here and i was like there's no royal people in this this is some people sitting around outside having a nice time at some christmas thing has he just (laughs) has he just forwarded me some pictures of his mates what has gone on here he's like no that's the secret santa i got them the the prosecco pong yes yes i'm so sorry without explanation it looked pretty weird just like eight blokes sitting around the table um part of the, the the engagement which was very sweet that kate and william decided to do a secret santa with some of these students that they were speaking to they were speaking to them about you know how covid has affected their year obviously it's been pretty pretty bad for students because some of the lectures you know if you're a first year student or even you know first year is probably most affected you're going away to you know leaving home for the first time meeting new friends gonna get wildly drunk every night and then suddenly you're just locked in your room confined to barracks. I suppose it's been pretty weird. And that was part of it. They were speaking sort of how they they cope with the mental health aspect. Um, and then one of the, after toasting some marshmallows, they were doing a secret Santa and Kate bought the girls Prosecco Pong, which I thought Good was choice. rather jolly. Very jolly. Very jolly. She, she did look like she got in a bit more of a pickle with her marshmallows this time with the, her smart leather, leather gloves on than it, when she was doing it with the scouts. It, <laughs> it nearly stuck to her sticky. glove. Yeah, it was a bit, yeah, she was, she was a bit, sort of tangling with the marshmallow um, and then I saw I saw on Twitter as well someone pointed out like Prince William is truly a kid at heart the way he is tearing into opening that present like with this look <laughs> of glee on his face it's just so true it's just like oh what's in here well I think enthusiastic what, present one opening of the, uh, one of the other things to come out of that engagement which was very interesting is that William um, admitted that they haven't decided on their plans for Christmas which is quite surprising actually I suppose you know I think we spoke last week of the Queen saying that she's going to have a quieter Christmas. She's very, very aware of the um, restraints and restrictions on on people all throughout the country. And indeed, her own, her own family are, are no different in that sense. We can only sort of bubble up with, what was it? We can have three families. Three households. Yeah. Three households um, over Christmas. And so that would obviously be major major problem for um for Sandringham so Sandringham is off as we well know this year also it's a problem cons- though for the Middletons because they've got three children so even if they are having people to stay they can't have all of them yeah so this is this is the, the issue so I imagine that the that Kate and William will be spending time with the Middletons however we don't know whether that is going to be at Anne Hall or in Bucklebury um and and I think that you know, some people haven't made up their minds, have they? They're going to see how it goes. People might get ill. Don't make any. Oh, yeah. and, also, and also, we don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't remember how old Kate's parents are, but you know, you, you and I, Russell, like as much as we might like to think that we're still students running about and youngsters. <laughs> so ultimately, I am not, as I have confessed previously, I am now, I am now forty, and my pa- my parents don't like to think of themselves as elderly, and they are not elderly, but in the in the ages age strata of the the COVID stuff, they are older. You know, they are yeah. more they are more at risk. They'll be eligible for vaccines and all of that kind of thing. So there is a you know you do stop and think like should I should I take take family there? And then speaking to a friend the other day, they're like you know schools are we we had planned to go for New Year because then we could have finished school. 
basically stayed at home and quarantined ourselves for a fortnight and then gone for new year but new year's banned uh, yeah, so it's yeah, either yeah. and i think for people who have got kids mixing at school then it is an added like you know definitely situation so, so fair so, play to them for, to have a have a think about it what yeah, they're doing. I, I, I mean it seemed weird at the time but then you you, you do see, take a step back and think about it and i think that other people are, are in the same boat so um so yeah we don't we don't know where they're going to be spending christmas maybe we'll find out nearer the time i think we're still a couple of weeks off aren't we so um yeah can I, just, I just love i just love being in cardiff i thought it was a great it was they they looked really really happy they looked like they were enjoying it the people of cardiff that i spoke to were thought it was a good idea um, I mean, what, there was another dissenting voice. The Welsh Health Minister said, I mean, he, he basically was sort of putting the boot in on unnecessary travel, wasn't he? But again, two, two fairly prominent voices out of, you know, the thousands or hundreds of people there that were in agreement with it or that they, that they did meet at socially distance. It all seemed to go without a hitch. Um, and I, I think his main thing good. was he, he didn't want other people to be using it as an excuse they're doing it so I can do it. I think that was that yeah. was the, that felt like the main point that he was making it rather than rather than him saying no they shouldn't do it. I mean this it is almost it's not a Dominic Cummings situation, isn't it? It's not some you know Mandarin you know, taking the Mickey. This is it was as properly arranged um, in discussions with you know the relevant uh, authorities and um, and you know shining a light on things that really matter. I mean. You know, if you don't if you don't agree with it, then I don't think you'll be persuaded. But um, uh, you know, there's a couple of the other next stops were at a hospital where Kate was born, actually. But we just had the care home. We had all the people. Um, all the care home for was that in yeah. Bath was that, and that then, was in Bath, and then and then on to Reading. Gathered up and sort of just waving waving out of the door was just really sweet, really, really lovely really pictures. Yeah, was I was going to ask you when you were in Cardiff and you were able to talk to people, like how how did it work? How different was it? Or we, you know, were you all in masks and trying to figure out what each other yeah, was saying through really, through them? Everyone's really said so. I think that is probably one of the biggest. Um, drawbacks and challenges of being you know at engagements at, at this stage because uh, especially in Windsor which was the final um, stop where the Queen and the you know, other um, members of the royal family came and supported William and Kate which was we'll get on to which is a big big show of power anyway so I think that, that, that when you're when you're you know you're inside or in a tent you have to be a bit more careful um be, and when people have got masks on you you can't really pick up on what they're saying you can't and it's you know william is really good at you know interacting with the journalists sometimes and making sure that they're potentially paying attention when he's trying to make a point um and Listen, i think this is a good bit <laughs> yeah really yeah and and fair play he i think you know they the really really good royals know when they've got an opportunity to make a point and whether that's Charles speaking about the environment or William again maybe speaking about the environment or something that he's really passionate about mental health um you know he might look in your direction and sort of give you the nod um or not the nod but you you, you just get you if you're if you're paying attention you'll Something know vibes. that this is exactly you'll know that this is a good opportunity to sort of be uh be scribbling down in your notepad um so yeah that is a big challenge you, you obviously can't pick up with people's expressions um however it's it was seemed it was great to be back out and it sort of gave you a little taste of hopefully what we can look forward to to next year because 
yeah, I mean, it was quite exciting. There was a new, it was a tour. It was dubbed as a tour. I suppose it was. It was like a mini, mini tour. So we, we weren't all clubbed together. I didn't get to see any of the other raw reporters, which we would normally be traveling together, which is obviously great fun. And um, there's a real buzz about it when you go on the tour like that. Uh, but I did get to see, you know, some of our um, photographer chums who have, um, who have obviously had probably a, bit, a, a tougher time than most as well. So shout out to them because some of their livelihoods have been taken away because the Royals haven't been traveling. And that's, you know, something that we, we shouldn't forget. There's, there's other people who rely on the Royals traveling and, and, and getting out there and, and doing stuff. So fingers crossed, we will get back to some sort of normality as soon as possible. Cause I do know that the queen and all the other senior members of the Royal family are really, really keen to get back as soon as is possible. So before we talk about the big finish at Windsor and those amazing photos, which again, we're just like, oh, this is a joyous thing to see of family back together, albeit socially distanced and also just so beautifully set up with a backdrop at Windsor Castle. But anyway, a couple of comments from listeners who posted on our Instagram. Jessica Wendemore and says, Kate is an absolute Christmas and year round style icon that Amelia Wexted skirt, the matching scarf and matching mask. Stunning. No pussy bows, but was definitely not disappointed. The mini royal tour was such a treat. Uh, no pussy bows. I mean, maybe there was one under the coat. We'll never know. Never know. Um, Adrienne Rutherford says, I thought that William and Catherine's tour was great and loved seeing them at Windsor. Do you think they all got together inside to visit some with the Queen or was that outside appearance the only time they had with each other? P.S. Merry Christmas to both of you from Tennessee, USA. So tell us a bit more about Windsor and how it all went down there. I mean, I just love the photo photograph of the Queen in the centre and and. Yeah, we, we talked front, about red before. Like, yes, stands that's out why, there, so that's right in Kate, the middle. Kate changed her, obviously changed her coat. Obviously, leaving Wales, I think probably more apt. That's why she changed her coat. But um, obviously, not wanting to clash with the Queen, that wouldn't have gone down well. Like wearing a white dress to a wedding, I suppose. Um, but it was it's just a great show of unity, and I think that this was very carefully planned. I understand it came from the very top that the Queen th- thought um, it would be a great idea to support for William and Kate's tour but also get this one opportunity to have the family together for one photograph obviously they were together at the uh, at the Commonwealth um, Day uh, service on March the 9th they were also together at the Cenotaph but dotted around there was some of the women were on the balconies uh, Anne was joined with the uh, with her brothers and William um, down below so they weren't all together. So the, the absolute sort of optics of this one photo, the eight senior members of the royal family all together, um, is very, very powerful. And I've written a story today which is essentially talking about the new firm, which this, which this is. You know, Harry and Meghan are not in the picture anymore. Andrew, there's no way back for him. And these, uh, you know, the Queen, uh, and one of the papers has dubbed it the Queen and her Magnificent Seven, which I thought was rather jolly. Um, and I think that you're, you are witnessing history. You are witnessing something that is going to be uh, very, very prominent next year. Um, as I understand it, the Queen has sort of given the go-ahead for the other seven to be out and about, supporting each other, you know, making up for lost time, getting out, um, doing the job, being seen to be believed. She's always spoken about the, that that real important notion of getting out there, meeting the people. And as I said, the people I'm speaking to have said, did they, obviously the Queen and the other members of the Royal Family are really keen to get back out and to get back to normal as soon as, 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 soon as it's safe to do so. 
But it is a redrawing of things because originally it was kind of, you know, when it was Prince Charles's sort of slimmed down firm, it was, you know, the Queen, it was Charles, it was, it was William and it was Harry and their their futures were going to be sort of supporting each other and and doing that work. And now you've got Anne and Edward and Sophie very much sort of almost as like buttresses on the side of that centre of that centrepiece because, you know, William and William and Kate are the are the future they're the sort of the young vibrant things and but you cannot just exhaust them they can't they can't do everything and Anne and Sophie and Edward you know they, they've done a lot of stuff behind the scenes and you know Anne is regularly the sort of the most hard-working royal by number of engagements and when they when they top those up and things but possibly being included in that and being sort of I don't know. Given the, the having the shine casting off from from that centre thing, it, it it does say actually do pay attention to what they're yes. doing. They matter. They are acting. They are acting for me as well, and they will be part of the support for Charles for William in their futures. It's re- and it is really important. And certainly, I think that um, Anne did. Uh, Anne was seventy this year. There was a cover of Vanity Fair. There was a really good interview with her in the in the magazine. And um, also, the documentary that was on ITV was really really popular, and it opened up. Um, you know, it's, uh, a lot of people's eyes to, to the hard work that Anne does do. As you rightly said, she's she's often listed as the most hardworking royal. She's also, you know, also really really busy behind the scenes, um, and isn't necessarily as glamorous or deemed as glamorous as, as the other younger members of the of the family who have got all the column inches. Um, and so, th- th- you know, it's certainly right to say that this is a, a new dawn. We've spoken before about Sophie, and you know a lot of people love Sophie. She does amazing work with the UN, with shooting stars that she was at the, this week with uh, the, the children's charity, children's hospice charity, helping charity. out in charity shop. Yeah, helping out in charity, and so you know these are things that are her bread and butter. She has her own um, uh, interests. You know, speaking about women's violence, and and then sort of Megan came on the scene, and she was the younger, more glamorous. Um, attraction really whereas now Sophie is really the the steady pair of hands she's really really popular with the Queen she gets on famously with uh, with Kate they she did engagements with the Queen and Kate over the summer and uh, and and you dubbed the Royals family secret weapon at one stage during the summer and I think that that, that she will be definitely doing more things with the Queen and uh, and Kate so um, you know all, all power to them because I know that they want to get out and and, and do the job properly and some people commented as well on how the Wessexes and the Cambridges always seem to be sort of happy and laughing when they're together and have a good rapport and relationship, which we saw at um, Windsor Castle this week. And then actually thinking back to the um, the Commonwealth Day service when it was all a bit sort of the, the slightly awkward Sussexes and Cambridges sitting next to each other, but conversations kind of going on quite happily with the Wessexes it was all um, you know that kind of family family dynamics is always major orcs I think is what you were searching for it was major orcs well I'm over 40 Russell I can't say that kind of stuff anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh Um, so funny so okay I've got one I've got another another comment from a listener oh yeah Courtney Lubbers she's got two questions um do you all think we will see any members of the royal family publicly get the coronavirus vaccine? And secondly, can we all agree that Camilla's dog unveiling the plaque was adorable? Heart eyes. First, yes, first we of all, can totally do- agree on the dog. We can adorable. totally agree on the dog. Best, the absolute star of the show yesterday. Camilla always game for a laugh. 
um you know it was i i just thought it was a great engagement um camilla is always fantastic on these sorts of jobs always up for uh, playing up to the cameras and then what a trick with the sausage i didn't actually realize the sausage was in the was was it was tied to it, it was an absolute genius trick because it could it, it it was fail safe brilliant um if you haven't seen it again head over to the website we've got video of the unveiling of the pack a royal first um so also what's your what was the first question the do i think yeah yes i do think that they will have it i don't think that they will do it publicly i think that there is a real pushback on any notion that was you know, muted last week um uh so i don't think they would do it publicly i think that's too much of a statement far too much of a statement but i do believe that there will be an opportunity perhaps where william for instance may slip it into conversation at some stage like he did about, with, having, uh, COVID. about, about having covid you know and uh, i'm sure he knew that that would, he, that would get out and he didn't make a big fanfare song and dance about it so it might be like sort of way into well he won't get it to way into next year um we might not be eligible at all in why theory he, why, could, yeah well i well, suppose you know that everybody over 16 will get it i think Eventually. So, but it might, okay. yeah, eventually. So, yeah, I think it won't be till you know maybe twenty twenty two. You might not find out that he's had it, but um, one would one would assume that the Queen will be having it. They're not going to jump the line, but she's ninety four, so she's going to be having it pretty soon. <laughs> she's quite high up the line, um, and there was there was kind of talk at the weekend that it will sort of somehow be let known as and when it has happened as as a as a possibility. So it's almost you can almost imagine a situation where William's on a, like another scientific type visit or visiting a hospital or chatting with people in a care home or whatever, and they're like, oh you know did you have did you have your vaccine and did it hurt and it's like oh yeah my gran said it was fine as well and yeah that was that was one of the sweet moments people spotted on um on the get together in windsor very sweet very sweet bye gran i mean you know it's just very sweet and it's this family again the optics of the family coming together that's really really important it's been a year of division it's been a year of crazy headlines yes um a lot of controversy with Harry and Meghan going and what, how they left. Andrew is still bubbling under the surface, isn't it? Ready to explode at any moment, I, I, I imagine. Um, God knows. I mean, it's been a year, over a year now since his Panorama interview. Still, Congratulations no to Emily Maitlis, interviewer of the year. I mean, obviously, it's just <laughs> a tremendous, tremendous interview. We are, it's, we're going to be speaking about that for decades um, and how it has also changed the shape of the monarchy. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's changed the way that he is uh, perceived because if he hadn't said anything, if he hadn't done the interview, he probably would have just been able to, to, um, to get away with it. And you would have, I, I, I mean, get away with... Just not, carrying on. Carrying on, carrying on regardless, yeah. I mean, not speaking to the FBI. I don't think they would have been making these public statements if he had gone, if he hadn't done that interview. So it's, it's, it's massively changed, um, changed, changed the face of everything. But back to that, that moment with William, that kind of, you know, by gran, like, I th- I'm sure anyone who's got sort of elderly grandparents or had elderly grandparents is that you, you reach a phase where anytime, anytime you say goodbye, particularly if you kind of live away or the circumstances where it's not so easy to see them so often, there's a bit of a, at that moment of, a, is this the last time I'm, I'm going to see them? And for 
if William ever gets that with his his gran, you know, pretend. I mean, she's she's happily seems very hale and hearty, and long long may that continue. But when you get that moment of by gran and thinking, am I going to see her again? For him, it's like a whole extra thing of not only oh. is it your gran, but it, when that happens, your whole world will change hugely. I mean, we will see. Obviously, we want the Queen to be here for, for many, many, many years. But eventually, when she does sadly pass, you will see the the world change. The, the Britain's, um, how it is perceived across the world will, will change. You know, you may see a whole run of new Commonwealth countries declaring their, they want to be a republic, declaring their independence from the, the crown, essentially. So, um, and then, you know, Charles is 72 um, so or seventy one. So you you're going to see quite a, a big change in in once the queen goes. You might see the next twenty thirty years will be so so different. Um, and and William will be taking more and more responsibilities from from not only the queen but then his father as well when he becomes Prince of Wales. So uh, yeah, it's it's just it's seismic, isn't it? I don't I, I do lie awake. At night sometimes thinking if I'm still doing this job what would my life be like at those stage but it will be incredibly exciting I think that that is the the main thing that we have to look forward to history history always but and um, sad I suppose I suppose when the, you know it will obviously be um cloaked in sadness won't it but it'll be an amazing period of history having a having a monarch for over 70 years one would imagine and yeah. then and then that change um before we finish we should talk about your your outing last week as well because you, you didn't get to go clubbing though I didn't I'm not cool enough to go clubbing with the Prince no. of Wales well we could have told them you weren't cool enough you know me I, I would cut above the rest that's why I went to the theatre oh wow <laughs> yeah, darling exactly uh, no I was very privileged to be able to go out and about yet again let out for good behaviour I went to um I went to the theatre, to the Soho Theatre, one of London's uh, very, not necessarily iconic, but very cool venues. It's sort of uh, one of the sort of new, new-ish theatres, been around for about 30 years, I think, in Soho. Um, and they, um, Prince Wales and, and Camilla, were highlighting the issues of theatres not being able to open. And now that yeah, they are back open, who knows how long for in London, because we are experiencing massively increased COVID rates. Um, but all the people who have been battling behind the scenes to get our arts industries back on their feet and they have really really struggled so when the time is right we all need to get out there support not only our pubs i'm a big supporter of our pubs whenever they open but we know go and see local shows go and see comedians go and see theaters go and go to go and support anything you can because we we really need to support the arts and we really need to support all of our local businesses as well. And people rely on them so much. And and I spoke to Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, and he, he nailed it. He was like, listen, you know, as, this isn't just London's USP. It matters throughout the country. And the arts is something that, you know, Britain is known for. And so we definitely need to get out there. They are all COVID compliant when the time is right. So when we are released from this purgatory, we must go and uh, and check out a local show. Yeah, so it was a, a gallery, a theatre and a nightclub they visited, wasn't it, I think? They did. The, the nightclub, which I was very jealous that uh, one of my colleagues got to go to, it was, it's called The Hundred Club and it's, it is actually one of London's most iconic venues. The, I think the, the Stones have played there, Rod Stewart. And um, so they were joining some quite illustrious company and then Charles and Camilla signed the wall 
because it was a, cool. all the big stars signed the wall at the back of the, the, the nightclub. Hundred clubs have been going for absolute decades. Uh, so that was you know quite a quite a cool day and more we need to we will see more of this we and maybe we'll see more of them uh, collaborating in such engagements next year when the time is right so um this is a point in the show where i traditionally say is there anything coming up and at the moment you say either nothing that i know of or nothing that i can tell you about but if it's nothing that i can tell you about that is also fine because then we know that there's something that we can be excited about let me see if i can i'm going to check okay yes i can tell you about something secret that is happening today but we will probably go out later so the space time continue and can tell you about it right so and i've just got this this is hot off the presses so today, Prince Charles is going to meet with the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi, His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nahyan. Um, we were going to get pictures of that. So that's quite, you know, diplomatically quite very sensitive. Uh, we are going to be exploring all sorts of deals with the Middle East and, you know, global partners. So I think that's quite a big power play diplomatically. And the Queen had her first diplomatic Zoom last week she did it? another role first so we've got you know dog a dog and a sausage and a plaque for a role first and then, <laughs> and then slightly slightly more sensible the uh, the queen was doing some diplomatic meetings with the ambassadors of gosh let's see if i can remember them hungary east timor and i forget the other one well i wouldn't have known whether to correct no you, sorry might have been croatia anyway she met up with some um ambassadors so the first time i've ever seen someone curtsying to a uh to a computer oh, but this is the world amazing. we're living in it's amazing. so bizarre. but i think thinking about the queen you know in her immense reign there's so many firsts that she has been part of you oh. know first sending of a tweet and first yeah. you know, televised coronation and Definitely. you know from one extreme to the other like it's it, so it many is, it's all it's all got and, and especially because this has been a period where they've had to adapt they've had to get out on on the zoom although i was yeah. admonished for calling it zoom they're on webex apparently the royal family they? so they must uh, shout to uh, all other videos streaming partners are, are available, available. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Are> they... <laughs> So they are, they've been doing a lot, they, you know, and that was part of it, wasn't it? So a, the royal family has to adapt throughout the decades. The Queen has been always said that, but also they have to, um, they have to be um, out there and to be, again, seen to be believed. And whether that's on a video call or whether that's uh, at a primary school with a couple of reindeer in tow, then it, it's really important that they get out and do the job. Oh, well, the Queen is all, as ever, a good lesson to us all that you're never too old to try something new. So. Also, there's, there's another secret event that I can let you know in the space-time continuum. Um, oh. Charles, Charles is dropping in on the Ritz Hotel, no less. As you do. Um, apparently, he's going to be speaking to staff, including the head chef, John Williams, MBE, and talking to patrons to learn about their experience as the hotel reopened following the second national lockdown. And there, it follows, and then they, it says that the prince and uh, if this follows on from... Charles and Camilla's visit to Soho last week was celebrating the London's night economy, which has suffered as a result. So we are, it's a private visit, but we are going to get some pictures of the event. So we will be posting them on the Instagram. Yeah, do follow Russell, Russell J. Myers on the Instagram is somewhat more assiduous about posting of his, um, of his pictures than I am because he is dedicated fully to the royal life whereas I get to flit in and out of it once, <laughs> once a week and when I go play on the social media so 
you know, do do give Russell a follow as well as at Podsave. Um, Russell, it's been tremendous to catch up with you. It has been lovely. We'll try and squeeze another one in next week before Christmas. We must have a little chat offline about planning our, our Christmas arrangements and finding out when you have your holidays. Um, because it's it's really soon now, which is very exciting. So I've got quite a lot of jobs to do before then, shopping and the like. But anyway, um, listeners, thank you for joining us as ever this week. We hope you have enjoyed our um, gallivant on the royal train around the country in a in a listener sense. And we will be back very soon with another episode. See us on Instagram and Twitter in the meantime. If you get a moment to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be fabulous. And hit the subscribe button if you haven't already to make sure you get us straight into whatever your player is as soon as the episode drops. And we'll be back very soon. But until then, do stay safe, do stay well. And until next time... Pod save the Queen! Queen!